Good morning. Yeah, we are short-handed. The guys are all gone, and uh, whew, it's uh, it's tough not having the men at home, ladies. I know, I know it's especially hard because you know they do so much at home. Those guys. I imagine you've just not known what to do with yourself. Actually, you know, just so many things at the house are going undone. You know, like styling your daughter's hair. You know that the guys normally do, and all those kinds of things. But uh, how, how, was, how was the weekend, ladies? Was it good? And now I see some men are here. Now, how come you guys didn't go on the men's retreat? Come on, guys. Bill, come on now. Another Bill. Hank, where, where, why aren't you at the retreat? Come on, guys. Next time, all right? Next time. Well, no men around. That, that's pretty fun for you, ladies. Uh, I hope you had fun without them. You know, no guys bossing you around or, or trying to boss you around, at least. It's uh, it's kind of the weekend that uh, it's it's kind of you know a moment for you ladies to kind of you know let your hair hang loose a bit, kind of call the shots all the time, you know, do whatever you want. Maybe that's how it normally is. I don't know. That's how it is in my house. Casey calls all the shots. But uh, literally, the title of this message is "Let Your Hair Hang Loose," and and this is for you ladies here today. Uh, you might think, well, that's a pretty strange message. You'll find out why this is the title a little bit later on in the study. Let your hair hang loose. First, let's get to our study. If you have a Bible, turn to the book of Judges. If you don't have a Bible, grab one right in front of you. You're going to turn to page 132 in your Bible. Think all those pages are standard. 132 in your Bible, and you'll come to the book of Judges. A wonderful story here that we're going to be reading. A story of a woman named Deborah. Let your hair hang loose. Judges 4 and 5. Would you please stand with me? We're going to read just the first seven verses to begin with. So let's all stand if you're able to. And let's read from Judges chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. When Ehud was dead, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who dwelt in Herosheth Hagayim. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, for Jabin, the king of of this Canaanite tribe here, had 900 chariots of iron. And for 20 years, he harshly oppressed the children of Israel. Verse 4. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Labadoth, was judging Israel at that time. And she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah, between Ramah and Bethel, in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. Then Deborah sent and called for Barak, the son of Abinoam from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded? Go, deploy troops at Mount Tabor. Take with you 10,000 men of the sons of Naphtali and of the sons of Zebulun. And against you I will deploy Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude at the river Kishon, and I will deliver him into your Hand. You may be seated.
Okay. Lots of names, lots of places, lots of weird names, lots of weird places that are hard to say. Where are we? I want to show you a little bit of a map here. Take a look at this great map. Wonderful looking map. We have so many places to kind of get our our minds around here. So as you're looking at the text, let's take a look at this map together. By the way, we're, we're about the time 1100, 1150 BC. This is before guys like Solomon, uh, King David and Solomon of Israel, just before those days. This is the day in which they had just entered the land. They had just left Egypt, entered the land, and they were trying to figure out how they were going to live in the promised land. And this was a period of time which is known as the judges. There's no king in Israel. There were tribes within Israel, but they were ruled over by various judges. Now, where are we? Well, it mentions in uh, one of the opening uh, verses that we said, saw there that Deborah, this uh, one judge, let's, let's go back to the map for just a second, sorry about that. Deborah, in uh, verse 4, she is from a place called, uh, let me read it again, down near Ramah and Bethel. Now, Ramah and Bethel is down low near the tribe of Benjamin. See the lower orange map right there? Just north of Jerusalem is where Deborah resided. It says she sat under a palm tree judging Israel. Barak is the man that she calls to. She sends to, for a commander of Israel, a general. She wants his help. So she's down in the orange portion toward the bottom there near Jerusalem. She calls for a general who's way up north. Barak is in Kadesh, many miles away in the upper orange region. Near the, in the tribe of Naphtali. He is up in a town called Kadesh. And the reason she calls for Barak, there are many reasons, but one of the reasons she calls for him is because he was very familiar with what was happening in that area, in that area of oppression. Because King Jabin, who was essentially ruling over the land of Israel and over the children of Israel and harshly oppressing them during that time, King Jabin was right near Barak, the Israelite general. King Jabin was in the town of Hazor, which is just south of Kadesh, also in that orange region. So Barak, the general of Israel, and King Jabin were right neck and neck to one another. Deborah said to Barak, she said, I, has not the Lord commanded? I want you, Barak, up in the north, I want you to get your men ready. Take thousands upon thousands of these men. What does she say? Go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor. Take with you 10,000 men of the sons of Naphtali and of the sons of Zebulun. Now, she tells him, go deploy to Mount Tabor. One more couple more spots on our on our map here. Tabor is just between the purple and the blue at the very top. So it's a little bit south of where King Jabin's palace resided. We might wonder why would she ask him to go that far south? That's where Sisera's army was. Sisera was the general for King Jabin. And Sisera lived in a town called Hagosheth Hagoyim, which is kind of at the intersection of where the purple and the green and the yellow are right on the Kishon River. And so rather than going to Hazor, the palace area, Deborah instructed Barak through the word of the Lord. She, she told him, go further south, find Jabin's general Sisera at the, at the river Kishon, at the base of the Tabor mountain, 
and attack him. Go for it. We've been under oppression for 20 years. It's time to attack these guys. Let's go back to verse 1. When Ehud was dead, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Ehud, by the way, was a, 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 a man who was a past deliverer. If you read Judges 3, you'll read the story of Ehud delivering Israel from another oppressor, the Moabite king, Eglon. And there was 80 years of rest. But when Ehud died, there was more oppression. So when Ehud died, the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor up in the orange. The commander of his army was Sisera, uh, and who, who dwelt in Herosheth Hagoyim. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, for Jabin had 900 chariots of iron. And for 20 years, he harshly oppressed the children of Israel. Describes language there of slavery, of oppression. They were sold, the scriptures say, to Jabin, king of Canaan. Jabin's general Sisera had oppressed the people. 900 chariots of iron. Back in that day, for a Canaanite king, a Canaanite tribe, to have that kind of a standing army was astounding. That was an enormous army. 900 chariots was a a, a phenomenal military accomplishment in that region of the world at that point. It was a powerful army. 20 years of oppression. Israel cried out to the Lord. Verse 4, God hears their cry. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Labadoth, was judging Israel at that time. And she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. So here we have another character, Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Labadoth. Deborah is one of four women in the Old Testament who is called the Lord's prophetess. Very rare for... um, for this to be described of a woman in the Old Testament. Nevertheless, she was a prophetess of God. What did that mean? Well, in some cases, we, we always get the, the, the uh, idea in our head that a prophet in the Old Testament was always and uniformly someone who would maybe foretell the future, look into the future. And that is often the case, not always the case, however. Oftentimes, a prophetess or a prophet were ones who heard a direct word from the Lord, knew assuredly what God was saying right then and there and, and relayed it and spoke it. Deborah received a word from the Lord. The Lord told her to do something and she spoke it. The name Deborah, the name means uh, bee or honeybee. She uh, is described, uh, that, that name is descriptive of a, of a fiery, of a spirited woman. Deborah, a prophetess, a spirited woman, a leader, judging Israel. She was a tribal judge. And again, this was at a time in Israel's history where there, weren't, there wasn't a king of Israel. There wasn't a king David or a king Solomon. They had 12 tribes in Israel at this time. 
and they um, had uh, a variety of judges. Generally speaking, they would have one judge would rise to the top. Deborah was, in fact, that judge at this time. She had risen to the top in Israel, and she was there in the south near Ramah and Bethel, and she was adjudicating for the people in those tribes. She was rendering decisions, all kinds of decisions, between people with disputes, between the direction that the tribe should go, decisions that were to be made. She was adjudicating these decisions. It says she had her own tree, Deborah's palm tree. You see that? It's pretty good. She sat under her own tree. Let's see what she says as she adjudicates what's happening in Israel. Verse 6, Then she sent and called for Barak, the son of Abinoam, from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded? Here she is acting as a prophetess, receiving a word from the Lord and communicating it to the people. She says, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded? Go, deploy troops at Mount Tabor. Take with you 10,000 men of the sons of Naphtali and the sons of Zebulun. And against you I will deploy Sisera, says the Lord, the commander of Jabin's army with his chariots and his multitudes at the river Kishon, and I will deliver him into your hand. Deborah calls for Barak. Deborah, the honeybee, the bee, the fiery spirited woman, she calls for Barak one of the tribal generals in the north. And Barak, his name means lightning. Lightning. We would expect him to be a very powerful man, right? Lightning rod, a very powerful, strong figure, right? In fact, we have a picture of Barak. Take a look. There he is. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the wrong Barak. I it's definitely strong and powerful, no question about it. This is the right picture, I'm sorry. No, 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 that, that's, that's grease lightning. I'm sorry. That, wait, the car is grease lightning, right? Or is, is he grease lightning? No, the car is grease lightning. I'm sorry. Take it off. I, I, I don't have a picture that was 3,000 years ago. I apologize. I thought I had a picture. Um, my wife said, uh, as, as I left this morning, she's sick at home, by the way, but she, I, I left this morning and she, I said, it's Women's Sunday, honey, what should I do? And she said, well, I don't know. Do something for the ladies. I don't know. Show a picture of John Travolta or something. And I, so there you go. I worked it in. All right, enough of that. Back to the text. Barak, lightning, was Israel's army commander. One of the tribal commanders, the generals. Up in the north, he was right near the seat of oppression. He was right near it. And she calls for him. She tells him what God has said. Get the men ready. Get 10,000 of them ready. Meet on Tabor. From there you will walk down the mountain toward the river Kishon and you will engage Sisera, Jabin's general. And you will defeat him. An extraordinary statement. Extraordinary prophetic word. There was, by the way, there was no standing army in Israel, unlike King Jabin's army. King Jabin had an army with 900 chariots of iron. Israel's armies were, were very scattered. They were tribal armies. They were, they were smaller groups. 
In fact, when she mentions get together the tribe of Naphtali and the tribe of Zebulun, and then later on in chapter 5 it mentions a few other tribes, they, they had to bring together a coalition of the tribal armies to match what Sisera had at the river Kishon. And Barak, Mr. Lightning, Mr. Powerful, the strong one, he said to her, I got this, Deborah. We'll do it. Right? Verse 8. And Barak said to her, If you go with me, then I'll go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. What? Here he is, lightning, general lightning from the north, right next to the seat of oppression. Deborah speaks the word of the Lord to him. And he looks at her and he says, uh, you first. Typical man, right ladies? Right ladies? Come on, it's Women's Sunday. I want to hear an amen. Typical man here. Look at this. Guys, I'm sorry that you didn't go on the retreat, but you're going to get beat up a little bit today. All right, next time you better go on the retreat. Typical man. He says, uh, you first. You go. This is where the, uh, you know, the quote, never let a man do a woman's job. That's where, this is where it originated right here. Because Deborah's about to take control. Here we go, verse 9. So she said, look, look what it says. So she said, I'll surely go with you. I'll go with you, Barak. Nevertheless, there'll be no glory for you in the journey you are taking. For the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh, his hometown. And Barak called Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh. And he went up with 10,000 men under his command. And Deborah went up with him. Deborah says, all right, scaredy cat. I'll go with you. But don't take the credit. And De Deborah and Barak head to his hometown. They gather the troops. They, they, they bring together a coalition of the Israelite tribal armies. 10,000 of them. We're going to jump to verse uh, 13 here real quick. So Sisera gathered together all his chariots. 900 chariots of iron and all the people who were with him from Harasheth, Hagoyim to the river Kishon. Then Deborah said to Barak, Up! For this is the day in which the Lord has delivered Sisera into your hand. Has not the Lord gone out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. So here we are. We're at the battle. The armies have been assembled. Deborah has gone north. She's helped Barak rally. She's given him strength. And they've taken the 10,000 from Kadesh to Mount Tabor. They've gone down to engage Sisera's army and they're walking down Tabor toward the river Kishon. And Sisera's army is there waiting for them. And Deborah looks at Barak, her scared general, she looks at the 10,000 men and she says, go, attack, up. 
Attack them now. Verse 15. And the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army with the edge of the sword before Barak. And Sisera alighted from his chariot and he fled away on foot. But Barak pursued the chariots and the army as far as Harosheth, Hagoyim, and all the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. Not a man was left. Utter defeat. Utter victory. And scaredy pants Barak even chased after Sisera all the way back to his hometown. If you read the the end of chapter 4, we're not going to read that ourselves, but if you read the end of chapter 4, Sisera came to quite quite an unusual ending. I'll let you read that one at home. He was ransacked. Jabin's army, Sisera his general, decimated. But rather than look at how Sisera died, which is the the latter part of chapter 4, I actually want us to look at the next part of the story in chapter 5. This in chapter 5 is when Deborah and Barak rise up to sing a song of jubilation before the Lord. And I want us to pay very close attention to the words that are used in Deborah's song. Take a look at verse 1 of chapter 5. It's entitled The Song of Deborah, by the way, this chapter. Then Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinoam, sang on that day, saying, When leaders lead in Israel, when the people willingly offer themselves, bless the Lord. When leaders lead in Israel, when the people willingly offer themselves, bless the Lord. This is the victory celebration song in chapter 5. This is a song that Deborah wrote. In fact, it's, it's considered one of the oldest, um, uh, one of the oldest uh, um, findings of ancient Hebrew poetry. It's a beautiful, beautiful um, piece of, of scriptural poetry here that we are reading together. She put to song. When leaders lead, the people willingly offer themselves. It's interesting, uh, the, uh, some of the origins of this translation. It's, it's had a storied history. If you look at a variety of Bible translations, you'll actually get a number of different renderings of the words when people lead. Just those three words, when people lead. If you read a variety of different Bible translations, you will get a variety of different translations. And it's because, it's because in Hebrew, this is the literal translation. The long-haired ones who let their hair hang loose. I kid you not. You're, I'm, I'm reading from the New King James at the top there. When leaders lead in Israel. In Hebrew, it's the long-haired ones who let their hair hang loose in Israel. The long-haired ones who let their hair hang loose in Israel. 
You say, how do we get when leaders lead? I'll tell you how you get there. You see, this is an ancient uh, Hebrew idiom that Deborah was reciting, recounting here in her song. And back in her day, the description of a long-haired one, of course, is a description of what kind of a person? A woman. The long-haired ones. Obviously speaking of a woman. And then also the the remainder of the idiom there, the the last part of it, the long-haired ones who let their hair hang loose. Well, what's that an indication of? Now, you might be picking up on it. Who let their hair hang loose, that is to say, who are unloosed, unleashed, set free, not encumbered, bonds broken, freed up. The long-haired ones, the women, who let their hair hang loose in Israel, who are freed up in Israel, who are loosened, who are unleashed, when they rise up, amazing things happen. Deborah sang on that day, saying, when the long-haired ones who let their hair hang loose in Israel, when the people willingly offer themselves, bless the Lord, she's saying, there are times where it is the woman of God who has to rise up, who has to let her hair hang loose, who has to be unleashed to lead God's people forward. And she says, in those days, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. It's a remarkable statement, a remarkable idiom in Hebrew. One that uh, doesn't get enough attention. Um, And of course, Deborah is speaking of this because she's coming from uh, a very uh, male-driven society, a very patriarchal society, a top-down, men are in charge, women are not, and, and, and Deborah uh, knows the, the culture within which she lives. And so when she recounts this ancient Hebraism, She's speaking not just to the women, but to all the people in Israel. Hey, there are times when there are no men to get the job done. There are times when Barak in the north, that tribal general, when he hears, hey, we're going to go fight and we're going to beat Jabin's army. We're going to defeat Sisera. There are times where the men go, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. I'm scared to do that. I don't know how to lead. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to, how to, how to lead, how to organize, how to judge, how to get this ready. I, I don't know what to do. And Deborah rises up and says, when the long-haired ones let their hair hang loose and the people freely respond, when the people willingly offer themselves Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. She said there are times when God works in unusual ways to rise up people that in that day and age never it would have been thought that Deborah, a prophetess, judging the tribes of Israel, never would it have been thought 
that she could rise up to that position. And yet all of Israel followed her. They heeded her. They came under her leadership because there was no man to speak of. Deborah was unloosened, unleashed, unhindered, put there by God to lead God's people. And it's a reflection in the story as we continue to read it now. It's a reflection of what God did in times of old as he thrust them out of Egypt, as he unleashed his people out of Egypt, as he unloosened the bonds. We continue that thought, that theme of unleashing in verse 3. Hear, O kings. Remember, this is Deborah's song here. Hear, O kings. Give ear, O princes. I, even I, will sing to the Lord. I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. Lord, when you went out from Seir, that is Edom, the land of Edom, when you marched from the field of Edom, the earth trembled, the heavens poured, the clouds poured water, the mountains gushed before the Lord. This Sinai moment before the Lord God of Israel. Deborah is recounting now the entire history of Israel. She's saying from, from the moment in Egypt to the moment at, at Sinai to the moment in the, in the land uh, as they were wandering through the wilderness and in Edom and in Seir all the way up through the Jordan River and into the promised land, God was unleashing something, loosening his power. Verse 6 in the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael, by the way, those two characters are her contemporaries. So she's mentioning two people in her day. In my own day, she says, the highways were deserted. The travelers, they walked along the side of the byways because it was scary to be on the road. Villagers, uh, village life ceased in my day, she says. It ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. They, the children of Israel, chose new gods. Then there was war in the gates. Not a shield or a spear was seen among 40,000 in Israel. She's, She's weaving a beautiful tale here as she speaks of the unleashed power of God that's come through her, through Deborah, that's come from Israel's past. And now she says, in in my day, in the days of Shamgar and Jael, in my day I saw the highways were deserted. It was desolate out there. Travelers went on the side of the road. Village life, it ceased. They chose new gods, she says in verse 8. There was war in the gates. Not a shield or a spear was seen among 40,000 in Israel. She's talking about the men. The men were not leading. There was desolation in Deborah's day. And she looked upon all of it. Rising up as a prophetess, hearing clearly from God, as a judge being given higher and higher positions of prominence among her people. She looked at all of it and said, 
If no one is going to rise up, then I will. Middle of verse 7, until I, Deborah, arose. I arose a mother in Israel. I arose to be a woman who everyone could look at and know it's going to be okay. I know what we need to do. Follow me. The men, they were scared. They were intimidated. They were not leading. And it had to be Deborah. God said, I'm going to raise up a long-haired one. I'm going to let her hair hang loose. I'm going to unleash her. And suddenly new life began to rise up again. She continues, verse 9, almost to the end of our portion today. My heart is with the rulers of Israel. She's speaking of the men, by the way. She's saying to the men, my heart is with you, men. My heart is with you. Who offered themselves willingly with the people. Bless the Lord. Speak, you who ride on white donkeys. You who are in positions of prominence among the Israelites. Speak. You who sit in judges' attire, speak. And you who walk along the road, speak. Far from the noise of the archers, among the watering places, there they shall recount, they shall speak the righteous acts of the Lord, the righteous acts for his villagers in Israel. Here Deborah is trying. She's trying to reignite her people. She's trying to reignite them. And you've got to ask the question, how do we reignite them? How do I reignite this people? You know, um, Israel really, in that day and age, I mean, talk about a time of change and transition. So much transition that for the first time ever, a, a female prophetess, a female judge, had risen up to the highest position in Israel. She was the leader. A major time of upheaval, a major time of transition. And she's trying to reignite the vision. Our church, today, we're in a time of transition. We're in a little bit of a time of upheaval. We're having a change in leadership. I'm, my family, my in-laws, we're moving to Tennessee. We've been here participating at this church for 14 years, 10 years as pastor. And here we are, and all of a sudden the boat is just really rocking. For me, for my family, for you. And there's, you know what? There's uneasiness. You bet there is. We've got some plans in place, good plans in place. Pastor Tom is a great leader. Pastor Doug, our elders, our staff. God is not leaving us upside down, turned over, unable to move forward. We have been given godly leadership. And I believe a godly plan for our future that, I, that this church is now going to continue to 
to dialogue about, and that this church is going to continue to interact with and prepare for a, a, a vote of confirmation and assent from the people that what we're doing is good to the Holy Spirit and to us, as it says in the book of Acts. We're getting ready for that time of ascent again, where we get ready for our future. But make no mistake, this is a time of transition. This is a time of uneasiness. And I know some of you feel it because I know how much I feel it in my life. And you have to ask yourself, well, what do you do when the boat starts rocking? Do you, <laughs> how many people, oh man, how many people just jump ship? You know, they, they go, oh, the boat's starting to rock, I'm out of here. And they jump ship. And they can't, handle, they can't handle the time of uneasiness and that time of transition and that time of uncertainty, which is bound to come. Deborah was there in that time. She saw the boat rocking. And she was looking around saying, uh, anybody here? Any Guys, anybody going to rise up? Anybody going to lead? Anybody going to bring clarity? Anybody going to bring vision? Anybody going to throw off this oppression that is around us? Anyone? Deborah, especially, by the way, as a long-haired one, as a woman in that culture, it would have been extremely easy for her to just kind of sit there and just critique and just complain and say, where's the guys? She was in a male-dominated society, a very patriarchal society. She could have just sat there and said, come on, guys, let's go. She could have been critical. She could have uh, she could have, you know, whined that there was no leadership. She could have bemoaned and, and, and dispirited her people. She could have done that. Instead, she rose up. She saw the situation. And she asked God, God, how can I, in the midst of this uneasiness, how can I bring stability? How can I bring fresh vision? How can I bring peace and uplift this people again. What can I do, God? I'm not jumping ship. I'm not giving up. These are my people. Lord, what do you want me to do? There's a reason she was a prophetess. It's because this was her attitude. This was her perspective. And God saw her heart. He saw that heart in Deborah that said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not giving up. These are my people. I will do whatever it takes, Lord. Tell me what to do. And God spoke to her. And he told her what to do. And a long-haired one let her hair hang loose. And she reignited the people. A victory over Sisera and Javan. She reignited vision among the people. How did she do it? She said, speak, you who ride on white donkeys. Speak, you who sit in judges' attire. Speak, recount the righteous acts of the Lord, the righteous acts for his villagers in Israel. The vision was sparked 
by Deborah reminding the people of all that they had been through together. She said, are you kidding? We're not done here. We're not done here. Do you remember what God did to Abraham, our forefather? Do you remember what God did through Moses leading us out of Egypt? Do you remember how we crossed over the Jordan and how we took the land? Do you remember any of that? Coast Bible Church, do you remember how 49 years ago Ridge Ryan started a Bible study? Do you remember how he passed the baton to Pastor Arch who embedded the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ into the fabric of this church? Do you remember how people like Robin and Karen Wood came from this church and started Camp Allendale up in the hills of Idlewild, a camp today that ministers to thousands upon thousands of foster care children? Do you remember how we took a chance on a little tiny school that met in, in trailers on our campus 30 years ago and is now a national blue ribbon school, Stony Brook Christian School? Do you remember... Do you remember, do you remember? If I could go on. That's what Deborah did to reignite her people. That's what we need to do in this time of transition. We need to remember that it was from coast that this glorious work in Haiti originated through Mike and Carrie, that, that we were the ones, when the earthquake hit in Haiti, our little church were the ones that had people on the ground within days of that earthquake, helping, providing aid, ministering to the less fortunate. Do you remember? Do you remember? The end of verse 11. Then, when you do that, then... The people of the Lord shall go down to the gates. Then they'll get ready for battle again. Awake, awake, Deborah. Awake, awake. Sing a song. Arise, Barak. Lead your captives away, O son of Abinoam. Hearing the stories of old. Hearing the beautiful, beautiful acts of God. That will ignite the people. Do you remember what God did here? Do you remember what he did in raising up Dale three weeks ago just for a little bit longer, just a little bit longer to bolster my faith, to bolster yours? Do you remember? The conclusion at the end of Deborah's song, verse 31, thus let all your enemies perish, O Lord, but let those who love him be like the sun when it comes out in full strength so the land had rest for 40 years all because a long haired one let her hair hang loose ladies let your hair hang loose at Coast Bible Church, let your hair hang loose. Men, rise up, awaken, lead God's people. You know, the men 
are at retreat right now um, with Pastor Tom and not with me, and that's very intentional on my part. Um, it's time for them to be with him and to hear from him and to catch his vision because he's got one and to prepare their hearts for that sacred trust that they have as men which is their wives their children this church and they're coming back here and they're going to be coming back having recounted that fresh vision from God and ladies when, whenever you see these men start to get dispirited again and they might because transition is hard when you see them starting to lag again I want the long haired ones to rise up too and together as a family as a church family we are going to walk forward in faith amen let your hair hang loose let's pray heavenly father lord when the people lead when the people lead the long-haired ones who let their hair hang loose thank you god for that beautiful picture of how you provide leadership you provide fresh vision you provide it god when we need it most we thank you for that we thank you god that you provide it sometimes from the most unexpected places and i ask you lord do that again here at coast do it again here let there be unexpected people who rise up from among our family from among our body of believers here at coast let there be even unusual unexpected individuals rise up to help provide us and to speak of the righteous acts of you lord that will provide us fresh vision for our future ground us again in all you have done for these 49 years ground us again god in the history of your righteous acts through us through those who came before us and let that be that fertile soil from which you use all of us to bring victory both here in our church family extending to our county extending all over lord through our missions efforts you used a long-haired one an unusual person 3000 years ago you set her loose God, we ask that you'd do that again today. Set us loose with your fresh power and fresh vision for our church's future. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.